So I just talking to All right, dear. Hello, I'm Nana. And if you enjoy listening to my sweethearts talk on this show, maybe tell a friend of yours. And maybe they can enjoy it, too. And if you would like to see this little show go a little bit further, maybe check out the Darlings Buy Me a Coffee account. All right. Okay, honey, you can go ahead with your flashlight thing now. Ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. This is Mystery Matt. How are you? Good evening, everybody. This is... (laughs) I'll get it eventually. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, we are continuing our Nephilim Angel Giant coverage uh, journey. Yeah. Um, I don't know which pill you're, which pill you took this morning, but it's probably not going to matter by the time we get down the bottom of, uh, the second part of this, because, uh, this is where stuff's going to get kind of (laughs) weird. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, once again, I'm joined by Nancy and Colleen, uh, as we were in part one and we, yeah, we're continuing on. I don't know who wants to lead. Yeah, you had a specific start you wanted to say. Yeah. So where did we leave off in the last last well, one? We the ended- last one we talked about Nephilim not being able to come back because yeah, God and then said that he our, just- our very last was we touched on the aliens idea. But, yes. Um, but it's like how did all the different all the different biblical thoughts and that as to where the Nephilim came from. Yes. So now we're going to segue from the religion into giants. Yes. So to start that. Um, I watched a snippet from the History Channel, and it talked about Adam being, Adam the first man was actually a giant in comparison to our stature today. And they have found skeletons and bones and such to prove that point that giants existed. However, when it doesn't follow mainstream science, that's when things are debunked or said that they were false or disproven or otherwise. The one thing that I thought was really interesting um, is that uh, the- theorists believe that they will find Nephilim DNA in, or ancient DNA is what they were calling it in human DNA now to prove that we have some, like if they were giants, then we have, so we'll have some of that DNA then somewhere. Then down. will it have come down through our line? They can yes. look back through the mitochondrial or something yep. like that and, and try to find the the originators of it. Well, one or two would have... Uh, uh, probably slipped through, like we mentioned before, after the flood, there had to be a couple left. Um, they're known to be not very friendly people. But if you take, like, a giant race and then you dilute it and dilute it and dilute it and dilute it, you end up with, like, a modern man kind of thing, right? Well, giants are interesting. Giants are, like, in every bit of lore throughout the world. Like, um china has uh china has stories of them they're called the pangu um the norse creation myths heavily focus on giants yeah um in fact in norse mythology giants were actually the original species um the original god was uh the very first was called emir and he was formed from primordial chaos when ice and fire came together. Um, his offspring were called uh, the, the Jotun or the Jotnar is the plural. But an individual was a Jotun and then uh, or, and then the, the group of them were called the Jotar, Jotnar. Um, and they represented destruction. Um, Eventually, Odin uh, was like, hey, we got to get rid of this guy. So he went and fought against Ymir. And Ymir was so giant, so colossal, that the whole world was built on his corpse. His teeth are our mountains. Um, 
Yeah, they're saying that even some of uh, the giants of yesteryear have, when they were slain, where they laid down, mountains had formed. And there's actually a couple mountains I've seen. I don't know how photoshopped or whatever, because you know how the internet is. But it looks like a giant that laid down and then turned into a mountain. It's in the same basic shape. I know there's that uh, uh, thing our brain does where we see patterns in things that don't have patterns. I understand all of that. I'm just putting this kind of information on the table. So now the interesting thing with the Norse giants, giants weren't bad. Um, how, How the Norse viewed it was that you needed good and bad. It was necessary. It was, it was the balance creation. Of the force. It, it was creation and destruction. So the pantheon of like Odin, Freya, all that—they were the creation. The giants were the destruction, and it was necessary. Um, the Greeks, uh, you know how how the Greek giants came in was Gaia, the Earth, and Uranus, heaven. Um, <laughs> had they procreated and had children but uranus was was terrified of the children so he confined them within gaia's womb and gaia was not very comfortable so she eventually let one of her sons out and convinced him to fight against uranus and um now are we still on norse or are we on no Gre- this is on the greek okay we're in the greek we're in the greek which is so, also part of roman so if you think zeus no this- no 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 Greek is completely different. Rome took their their all of Rome's um, uh, mythology in that was taken from cultures all over. They were taken from Germanic. Well, well Greek, yes, but I mean, Egyptian. like specifically the story of Zeus and how he freed his brothers and they were the Titans and that kind of thing. Well, that part of it is a lot the same. Yeah. So anyway. You know, um, Guy can let out her one son, Kronos, and he um, uh, he went off to Uranus, and the blood that spilled during that battle from Uranus um, spilled on Gaia and released the other, <laughs> released her other children, the other giants. <laughs> now, then Zeus was like, "Oh man, this isn't good. These giants are out of control." So Zeus went um uh chronos had taken control of the heavens zeus fought chronos to get it back and he fought the giants oh, and that's that, that's where i'm getting mixed and up. that's called the gigantomachy gigantomachy it's a, a whole series of stories within within the greek um uh, beliefs um the ancient greek beliefs and <clears throat> so Zeus fought against the giants. He imprisoned the giants, you know. Um, the uh, the now, interesting did they thing, call their giants giants or were they titans? They, that or one the, I actually did not find out. I think it was kind of Because I know the titans are in there somewhere. Yeah, the titans. I think titan and giant were interchangeable words. We can use the word giant, but it was the titans or whatever. Um, one type of giant that they had was a cyclops. And I mean, we first hear we hear about the Cyclops in Homer's Odyssey, and um, you'll shoot your eye out. And so, anyway, the interesting thing about that was that you know the ancient peoples came up with stories as to try and explain the world around them. So, if you've got a group of people who are finding fossils, and they're finding giant fossils of dinosaurs, mammoths, and that, they don't know what these are, so they come up. Maybe that's where the story of giants came from, is they found these fossils. And the interesting thing is, is that the skull of a, a mastodon, a mammoth, um, looks very much like a cyclops. Because there's a giant hole in it where the trunk was. And peoples could assume that to be a one-eyed giant. Um, the other thing is, is that, and this I came across repeatedly in my research. Sorry, it's... can I interject for one second? Mm-hmm. When we talk about, like, you compare a mammoth, which was apparently a four-legged creature that walked on all fours, and you compare it to, like, a cyclops with what I have, the way it's been depicted in, like, media, for me in particular that hasn't done all the, the research, is a giant human with one eye. A yes. human-looking being. But a human has four appendages. 
for yes, but two arms, two legs. Yes. So, but when you're looking at like for if say you look at a dog, mm-hmm. it's, its legs and and the front paws and the back paws are pretty well the same length, so that they walk evenly. So if you were to take a human to walk evenly, we're going to look pretty silly because we're not going to walk evenly. Right. Where a lot of it comes in, though, is the fossils aren't perfect. Like, it is, you can probably count on one or two hands the number of times they have found an absolute, complete, perfect skeleton of a fossil. It's normally, they get a few little pieces here and there. Um, So if someone came across, let's say, the leg bone from a mammoth, it... And it's interesting, the the elephant-like species, so elephant, mammoth, mastodon, um, their bones look very much like humans. Their leg bones look identical <laughs> to our femurs. Skulls are often destroyed. They're the first thing destroyed by natural forces. So often what's left are Being the- that because the skull is probably the thinnest bone. Probably the thinnest, and also because it's round and it's hollow inside of it. Yes. So it's much easier for it to get crushed yeah. and destroyed. Um, so many times when they come across these these fossils and these bones, they would find the uh, the leg bones, the ribs, the vertebra, and they're scattered. So they'd kind of put them together and they might find one leg bone, two leg bone, but they might not find all four. So it was a lot was really left to you. Like the, the production of fossils is, is very much, you know, it's it's perfect storm has to happen in order for it to do. And then you might only find one or two pieces from it. Like... Um, the going back in our history, we've got the uh, Gigantopithecus, which was an ancient form of ape. We we know it exists because we have its teeth and we have a few jaw bones, but we don't have any more of it. We don't have leg bones. We don't have anything else. We just have the teeth from it. Uh, now, and it was it was a, a great thing for a giant, but it was actually a gorilla ape about um, two to three times the size of a a current male gorilla. Um, like they were huge um the the other interesting thing is that the human species before um uh so before homo sapiens there was homo erectus and then homo erectus diverged and we got sapiens one thing i found interesting is that we've actually shrunk as a species compared to a hundred thousand years ago the original human species a hundred thousand years ago was actually taller we are only now starting to get back up to the height that we used to be or close to that and that's that's what i mentioned in the uh last one about us being like version 2.0 yeah you know but that was interesting it is interesting that cultures all over the world and all over time have had stories of giants and you know in the we've also we've Christianity and um, uh, and uh, Judaism gave them a name of the Nephilim, said that the angels procreated on that one, um, or all the different theories that we talked about in the first one. But we really, as we get into the giants, we really go down this this huge rabbit hole because there is so much out there. And I, I will admit, when I started, I was fully on the side of, I believed in giants. I've read too much now. And... I'm like, I can't even say that I do anymore because of things I came across. For all the stuff I've looked at, I'm actually leaning the other way because there's so many accounts of there being a larger-than-man type species across every culture across the whole planet that we all can't be wrong. Right. So that one makes sense to me, but yet there's... There's no bones. Like, there is... No bones. There are so many reports of giant skeletons found. And... But, yeah, there's there's so many reports of giant skeletons found. But yet, when the skeletons are examined, they're often found to be uh, elephant species. They're found to be mammoth, mastodon. Or... tiger, tyrannosaur. Or they're found to have been put together wrong. Or that they took the bones of two people, added them together, and they got something bigger. Um... I have heard of different museums mishmatching yes. different things. Um, there's so much out there. Like, there's a lot of pictures that we see now. You can find tons of pictures online of supposed um, giant skeletons that are found. Most of those are actually tracked back to graphic design websites that had Tried contests. To, yeah. They had contests for Tried who can create yeah. a fake archaeology picture. So they're actually tracked back to that. It's very difficult on them. There, There really isn't any that we actually have in our hands that we can say well, this was a giant like 
there there are a few odd skeletons that have been found that have been like six and a half, seven feet. But these skeletons actually show signs of gigantism, which is a uh, an issue with the pituitary gland. It's a mutation. Yeah. And it's a mutation. It's the same as there's a, for midgets. There's a mutation. Yes. A little so, people, sorry. So the few that we have that are really big show signs of gigantism from the pituitary gland. They're, they're not showing... And, and and with these, they died very young because with gigantism yes. comes a lot of cardiac problems, a yes. lot of other things. With any kind of um, quote unquote abnormality, there comes a lot of. Uh, usually, there is um, biological issues. There, there was the most famous gigantic skeleton was that, and I am so going to mess up this name, and I apologize. It's Teutobacchus. Uh, was a legendary giant king of the Teutons, and apparently his bones were discovered in 1613, France, uh, in a field called the Giant's Field. There was a lot of ma- lot of press made about this back in the 1600s, and they were saying the skeleton was 25 feet long, 10 feet wide across the shoulders, five feet deep from the breast to the back. The teeth Dang. were the teeth were the size of an ox's foot. And his shin bone measured four feet in length. It was displayed in Paris by a surgeon who said he was one of the ones who found it. But as the years went on and people started looking at the skeleton, many anatomists and zoologists came forward and said, no, these are the bones of a mastodon. It was finally in 1984, paleontologists analyzed a plaster mold from the Paris Museum, Museum National de Histoire Naturelle. I know my French sucks. Identified it as a dinotherium. Um, and so the bones are now currently housed in the gallery of paleontology and comparative anatomy. When we go into the giants, we start getting down. Like one of the big things people talk about is the American mound builders. Well, there, there's also the other side of it too, right? Um, so yes, the one is saying, no, it's completely debunked. But I've also heard that uh, anytime a giant species is found uh, a lot of the time in Egypt. Egypt is known for shutting down their sites. Oh, Egypt letting... is very much known for that, yes. So there's one uh, government that would be keeping things under wrap. Also, the S- Smithsonian has been known for hiding things deep so and dark in the uh, I. I got to tell you, I was full on band with the whole Smithsonian had whole bunches of giant skeletons and they just had destroyed them. They weren't letting it out until I deep dived it. And I was so disappointed when I came across what I found because it destroyed all my cool ideas I had. And as I was reading about it, so what this one goes real deep into so many things all across North, all across U.S. mainly are scattered a bunch of mounds that were built uh, between 5,000 years ago, so around 3,500 BCE and about 1,600 uh, CE. And so it spans about 5,000 years, and they were built all over. Give me a moment here. Like, we're talking Louisiana, Ohio, Tennessee, Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, Mississippi, Um they're all over. Some of the best examples, the the Watson Mound is the oldest in Louisiana, and it's dated to around 3500 BCE. Serpent Mound is very popular, uh, and it's in Ohio. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Um, Poverty Points in Louisiana. Um, the interesting thing with these mounds is they've been studied now for a number of generations, and they still actually don't know what the mounds are used for. There's majority of the mounds, there's no evidence of burial. There's no evidence of ceremonial. They don't really know what they're for. What they have concluded as they were built by uh, Native American indigenous cultures back before, you know, before the white man came. But what happened is that when um, European settlers came to America and they saw these mounds, they thought, these could not have been built by the natives. There's no way. This is a pre-Columbian culture, um, white culture of people who came here, i.e. maybe Atlanteans or whatever, who built these mounds. They felt there was no way the Native American peoples could have built them. So it was actually a predominant theory among academics, theologists. They really relied on the Bible. And they saw these mounds and they thought, this is the Nephilim. This is the Nephilim. These, This is a race of people back from the Bible. And 
because religion really especially ruled everything then uh like it had control of a lot of things a lot of the, like the preachers had huge control this was what was taught and it was it was a widespread belief that it was a lost prehistoric rate race they could not believe that the native americans built it so somewhere they started believing that this was a race of lost nephilim so they figured there's going to be giant bones everywhere there's the giants are here so they started talking about it and when print became popular in the mid 1800s and literacy rates increased it was so popular there were so many reports that giant skeletons were found near these mounds or around these mounds and that they were sent off to the smithsonian and and everything like that there's no record of that there's there's absolutely no record what there is is that in the 1930s, one of the people at Smithsonian said, you know, I've seen some bones that have been sent here. They're mammoths. They're mastodons. That's what these are. They, these are not humans. We do not have a human skeleton. None of the human skeletons that have been sent to me can be classified as giants. They're maybe five and a half, maybe six feet tall. But a giant is classified as something over seven feet. Yeah. And so he said, no, this, this is the case. But what happened is that... In um in nineteen in eighteen ninety four, ethnologist Cyrus Thomas spent years to compile his report on the mound, mound builders for the Smithsonian, and he came up with that absolutely they were built by the native peoples, and this started to change people's ideas that okay it wasn't a group of white people or or nephilim it was native builders did it, and. That really started to change, and that started to bring in the whole idea that people were thinking that the Smithsonian's hiding something. Where that really went nuts was one in about 2014, and a um, a letter was circulated, and it was saying it was saying that the Supreme Court had ordered the Smithsonian to release documents by a organization called the American Institution for Alternate Archaeology. A couple problems with that. There is no su Supreme Court record of anything ever on that regarding that. And there is no such thing as the American Institute for Alternate Archaeology. doesn't there, exist. There should be, though. I know. There should be. I agree. But it doesn't exist. And the pictures that were shown as proof have been traced back to graphic design contests. Oh, uh, yeah. Back to so, that. So we're all Let's back to that. So the problem with, with the thing. mound builder idea of all these giants is that smithsonian said hey if we had them we'd show them we don't have anything they never we got ones of we got mammoths we got we got uh a few larger people we got no giants so smithsonian said like we don't have them we never got them this was pt barnum bailey this was religious fever this was you name it it wasn't there so that's where I, I kind of felt sad because I was really rooting for the whole Smithsonian's hiding something from us. But well, yeah. I think things are being hidden just in general with with science when they talk about mainstream science and anything that goes against it mm -hmm. and the theories that they stick with. They're like, nope, sorry, you know, um, we're the cool kids and your opinion is wrong. Um, I wonder what is has been found that they don't want us to know well, or what they don't think we'll be able to handle. We talked about that a little bit with the Atlantis where it's like when anything comes up that goes against what the mainstream accepted belief is, you've got these people who have spent their whole lifetimes absolutely dedicated to this one belief and the idea that they now have to change it is absolutely terrifying to them. So yes, we we and it takes so long for the scientific community to accept a new fact as real. And it has to be put through the ringer and proven so many times. It needs carbon dating, it needs mm -hmm. spectral analysis, spe like spectrum analysis. It needs all sorts of things for well, them to even consider. To give an example, um, and this is going off topic, but um autism wasn't diagnosed until the early two thousands, and then it turned from a diagnosis to an umbrella. And now 
um, the, the last couple of years, they are now saying that people with ADHD, their brains work similar to somebody that has autism, and they are under a spectrum as well. Well, yeah, like in the 1950s, 60s, to be diagnosed with autism, you had to, there were only two doctors in all of North America that could diagnose it, and you had to fit this very finite list of things. Yes. It was, you had to uh, rock back and forth. You had to bang your head on the wall. You couldn't talk. You couldn't do anything. Like, yep. It was so finite. Um, but, but even now, looking at individuals that were diagnosed back then to the individuals that are diagnosed currently, there are a lot of differences. Yeah. And and so- I think the basis for it is the fact that things have changed so much and people have had to prove and prove and prove and prove and prove, which I think you should have to anyway. You shouldn't be able to come out and be like, hey, this is my theory. Let's all follow along. I think there should always be evidence behind your theory. Um, but that's where, where things um, change and happen and how people are treated differently and educated. Well, and I think like with, for me, I'm the type where if you give me the evidence, I will change my beliefs. Absolutely. What I find interesting was how I felt researching this when I would look into something that I really believed in and I'd start seeing all these lists of scientific documents and proof saying that no, it's this, or this didn't happen, or whatever. And I was so upset and disappointed. And but it's like I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm reading all these reports from different paleontologists and that that are saying that it's this, it's this, or this happened. And I'm I'm for me, I'm erring on the science side. But it's very much when you were talking, it was okay. So this is what this person said, and that was their evidence. And then it was for this, and they're like, it's almost like a bunch of pointing fingers. Well, we don't have that. So and so does that. And it's, it's like, that's not science. Yeah. And it's the, the issue with the Smithsonian and the mound builders, that one, as I was researching it, it was really hard because a lot of the early beliefs were very much based in racism. Um, and in the idea that there was no way that these backward primitive natives could have ever done that. So it had to have been the biblical culture. Hmm. Um, like it had to have been the, the biblical idea of the Nephilim. And so the... The interesting thing on that one is Joseph Smith, um, who started Mormonism, he actually included this idea in in Mormonism that it was a pre-Columbian white culture of advanced peoples that came here and did all this and the giants. And this this belief was massively red spread. And the giants. Yeah, and the giants. In this pre-Columbian culture was giants. And the giants. I don't know if it was. I don't know enough about Mormonism on that one, but he did absolutely believe that. There was a pre-Columbian culture, included giants, or might have been only giants, and that was here before. Uh, and that was what started the building or whatever here, and then eventually the natives came in and destroyed them, and that was that. That's, I guess, that's what I found on it. Uh, but There's also the theory <clears throat> that uh, the giants moved underground mm-hmm. into the hollow earth, and we'll probably co- cover that yeah. on a different podcast. Um, the... There was another point. Oh, uh, the thing about not finding any skeletons and stuff like that or any proof. So a lot of the dinosaurs we even have on display, they are not complete skeletons. No, they are not. We only have little pieces of them. That's why I was saying we only have a few that are full. Yeah. And of the ones that are full, they are borrowing bones from other species to create a visually pleasing display for the museum. That is not a full skeleton. Yeah, or they're trying to, and and it's, but you know. Oh yeah, most of the stuff we're taught is is a lie. Well, what they're like doing. The, the, you remember, oh, where is it? it? They have a great big brontosaurus. Or something like that. It, it was one of the big long-necked asaurs. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember which one it is. Then they all got crazy names. Um, but apparently when they put that together, there was like 17 vertebrae missing. There was a femur that wasn't correct. So instead of putting out two mismatching femurs, they used femurs from a different dinosaur that was kind of like this dinosaur. That was, and they really ballparked a lot of it. That too. was done a lot during early paleontology. Um, a lot of it was done with extrapolation in terms of, okay, we know this type of animal has this type of bone and that the bone ratio is this to this. So we would assume that for this creature, it's going to have this type of bone and it will be in this ratio. That's My how they did a lot of it. How long do you cook it for? Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, it's, 
it's interesting. A lot of like, and it took us uh, decades upon decades to accept the idea of dinosaurs. In fact, in many areas of the states, they are still completely not believed in creationism rules. Um, and dinosaurs can't be talked about or taught because that did not happen because that's not in the Bible. But we're not going there. The interesting thing, like this whole theory of a giant race that was in America, pre-Columbian race of, of white giants, Nephilim, was so, so ingrained that Abraham Lincoln did a speech mentioning it. He was talking about Niagara Falls and how Apparently old it was. he's seen one. And he talked about how the giant's bones were what created our mountains and all that. Like, it was even, it was so pervasive, but it was, this was a time where it was the Bible dictated what, what science learned. Yeah. And it was as time went on <laughs> and science more expanded uh, outside of the Bible realm, then things changed. You know, there's a lot of talk of uh, red-haired giants in the States. Uh, that, that was one thing I wanted to mention. There was an incident I remember seeing about where a uh, military unit uh, went into a cave for, I think they were looking for another unit that had gone missing, and they came across a red-haired giant. So with those ones, they come from the history of the Northern Paiute oral history. And that's mainly in uh, Nevada area. And this was a group of people who lived in the area that Anasazi had lived in and other things like that. And the thought is that they were, they came up with this idea as a way to explain the runes that they were seeing, that they didn't know how they could have been built. So they were like, well, it was a race of red-haired giants. The other thing is, is that if you bury a skeleton in that soil, the hair will turn red. The soil will turn it red. Yeah, I guess so. The soil changes the color of the hair. I think the iron in the soil or something. But apparently it's quite, it's a quite common occurrence. The first report, and I actually, oh my God, I read through this one. It was hard. There was, the big discovery was in the early, early 1900s and a group went into a cave to collect guano and they found a bunch of skeletons and it was a giant find. Okay. I mean, okay. It was a huge find for the, the Native American peoples and that. What happened is the people who originally found it, they said their comment was, we found the men's skeletons were just giants. And what they were saying was that they found female skeletons and male skeletons. The female skeletons were about five feet tall. The male skeletons were about six feet tall. So they were giants compared to the female skeletons. And from that, the press started reporting that they were giants because the press wasn't under a lot of the rules that they established later on. The press, many newspapers, absolutely in the late 1800s, mid 1800s, they absolutely, they just made up stories on the giants. It e sold e papers. Even now, the press and yeah. mainstream media is still making stuff up that's not true. So it's like part of me would like to, do do? there is the part where you do want to believe like, you know, I want to believe in this. And and then there, I'm part where it's like, what are they hiding from us? Because I don't know, as a species, we do seem to love this idea that things are being hidden from us, that we don't know everything. It's so, you know, we go into that. Well, I think part of that is um, we're told, especially in religion, what to think and how to think and how to act and how to and what to believe in. The ungodly men, they turned into ungodly, the godly men turned into, you know, the ungodly or the godly men into the ungodly women. And then, you know, they, the women followed Cain and not necessarily were following um, and that they're deemed as, as quote unquote bad because they didn't follow the teachings. They followed the way of the world. Right. And so when we're a society, um, primarily in our history where religion ruled, we're told how to think, what to think and what to believe and how to act. And so now where we are now and things are coming out and there's conspiracy theories, you start to wonder, well, what if there are things, why are we being told how to think, what to think, how to act? Well, and where one difference is, is that throughout a lot of our, let's say our recent history, last 1500 years or so, majority of our teachers were actually theologians. They were men of God. They were priests. They were whatever. So everything that was being taught was based the Bible ruled all the teachings, and at least in North American, European culture. Then in the late 1800s, science started to really start taking over. So it became where instead of being taught that, no, the world was created in six days, it was, okay, no, the world is six billion years old. 
um, and this is how it happened. We really went through a big change where we went from our teachers being theologians to the teachers being the scientists. Yes. And we're a- still trying to figure that one out. Um, where theology is based on this is what I think happened and here's my evidence. You have scientists like in a biologist would sit there and be like, well, here is my my uh, my hypothesis and then here is my evidence and it's fact. Yeah. As opposed to this is what I think. Right. That brings me back to uh, the point of living longer. So if when the first ones were created, right? Uh, obviously that one got destroyed because the world was destroyed during the flood and all that kind of stuff, right? So the first ones get there, and I'm about to lose my train of thought, and I know it. So there are a whole bunch of conspiracy theories regarding giants that are pretty cool. The one that I came across, which was really kind of, I I had a little bit of fun with, was flat earthers. Oh, I didn't know they had some. They have a theory, but it doesn't revolve human giants. I just thought it was interesting anyway. So the new flat earth theory is that there used to be trees three miles high. And they were all destroyed in a cataclysm. And what we now call trees are actually just tiny little shrubs. So that's that's their gigantism theory. Uh, I just, I read it, I just was, and and so they actually point to certain mountains and stone formations as being, that's a fossilized old tree, our little trees. Now it's just tiny little shrubs and bush. So that's the flat earther theory. Okay, well, that may have been true, but those would have been like prehistoric. Oh, we never had trees that went to three miles high. Not three miles high, no. No. Uh, You'd get like trees the size of like the the great redwoods and stuff like that in the prehistoric time more often than now. But Now that's where we really get into a lot of the science. That shocked the hell out of me here on this one. So Earth actually was a planet of giants millions and millions of years ago. Um, You know, the dinosaurs lasted around 200 million years. Um, until about 66 million years ago. The largest of those was the Argentinosaurus, which was apparently like 130 feet long, weighed 100 tons, 15 times bigger than an elephant. And the elephant is our largest land animal now. Um, The blue whale is the largest animal ever in terms of weight because it weighs about 200 tons and it's about 100 feet long. But it can be that way because it's in the ocean. It doesn't have to deal with gravity. Thing is, during this time, the oxygen was so much higher, so they could grow because there is a very resolute law in physics called the square cube law. And this one destroyed all of my wonderful, wishful thinking about giants. So it's a physics law. And what it basically states is that as the volume of the bot, the, the, as the body gets bigger, the surface area gets bigger, the volume of it increases not at the same rate, but exponentially. Um, so the as the size of any object grows, its volume grows faster than its surface area. This is because the area grows proportionally to the s- square of its size. Well, the volume grows proportionally into the cube of the size. So if you look at a simple cube and each side is uh, one centimeter by one centimeter, um, it means... If we increase it 10 times larger, um, so we make it 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters, we've increased its volume, rather not by 10, but by 100. It becomes so much bigger. There's We might have only increased the dimension, but the volume of it is so much larger. Yeah. The problem- The mass density. The problem with this is that if we scaled up humans by a factor of two, so if we went from, let's say, our size of six feet now to a size of 12 feet, we've increased their mass by eight times. So a 200-pound man now at six feet, at uh, at 12 feet, he would be 1,200 pounds, uh, 1,400 pounds. Okay, two, 200 times eight, 1,600 pounds. Um, that's a lot. Now, the problem with that is that human bones cannot withstand that. If but- we had a 12-pound man and he stepped, he would break all of his leg bones. But we're not talking about a man anymore because the so, bones would be scaled. So as well. we would, no, but the, the bones, the actual density of the bones could not support that weight under our gravity. The other problem is, is that the heart, the lungs, the intestines, none of those would have increased enough to support the body. 
there the lungs would never be able to bring in enough oxygen to support the body of a man as we look at a man now and we just increase his size by twice the lungs could not bring in enough oxygen at our current oxygen levels. The heart could not pump the blood enough and the intestines could not absorb enough nutrients to support the body. To play devil's advocate, just because it's it's fun mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, um, giants were also known to be slow and lumbering. Mm -hmm. And if you even look at some of the Bible's um, stories and stuff like that, David and Goliath, David, David was a boy. Yeah. So they're relatively easy to out stamina, outpace, outmaneuver because they do take so much energy and so much force just to move. The big thing is, is that a a giant. Mm -hmm. You're talking about that, and you're comparing. So you're at six foot four stature. If you take a four year old boy, you are a giant in his eyes. And so I've just wanted yeah, to like exactly. put that to scale. How big was Goliath exactly? Some say yeah. he was six feet. Some say nine feet. Some say 12 feet. There's no. Because even as a yep. five foot three woman, when you have somebody that is six foot four, you're a whole foot and an inch, excuse me, taller than I am. And so that stature is just so much the difference. And, and but being a kid and looking up, because if you're four, you're what? I don't know, three, three feet tall, three and a half four feet tall maybe yeah. for the on the taller end um compared to like that's two and a half feet taller and and it's the big thing is so if there were giants they would actually have to have completely different bone material than what we have because the bones each time they took a step they would have broken every bone all down their leg with the force of the gravity. So in order to have giants, they would have to actually have a completely separate anatomy from human beings. Yeah. They would need completely, they, their lungs, in order to exist, they might have been able to exist 66 million years ago when the dinosaurs did, and, but and they can't this now. Is, this is why I'm saying I think they were killed off instead of us breeding more so with them. Well, the main thing is, is that they never could have existed on, on this idea of these physics laws. They never could have existed. Their lungs would have never been able to bring in enough oxygen to supply the heart and the brain. They would have never been able to eat enough to keep them going. Um, their heart would never have been able to pump enough blood well, throughout their body. Well, then how would a dinosaur do it? Because the dinosaurs lived at a time when they were much, when, when our oxygen was massively oxygen uh, aided, like had a lot more oxygen. But there we is could be also talking about that kind of time. Yeah, so that would, but that would put, I mean, human beings, our, our ancestries only go back 2.5 million years. But Dinosaurs also, died 66 million years yeah, ago. And there's stories about man and dinosaurs coexisting too, which is another bunny hole. Yes, there's, I mean. Yes. Forbidden Archaeology. There's a book called Forbidden Archaeology, and it yeah. has a whole list of things in it that are finds which exist outside of known scientific timeline, like a footprint a human footprint next to a dinosaur footprint fossilized. Yeah. That was fossilized in wet mud. There are these little metal balls, perfectly cylindrical balls with a ridge uh, engraved in them that are found in strata that predate the dinosaurs. Uh, cave depictions written yeah. on walls of dinosaurs. Yeah. So, you know, it's very interesting. But where the big thing is, is that at our current atmosphere... If we just were to take a human being and scale them up, it would not work. No. Not according I, I, to physics. I, I'm literally yeah. thinking it's a completely separate race of So there you go. Something. In, could it be uh, an alien species? Could it be who knows what? Um, but the it, it really does, like that physics law just blew me. And that is a very well-known physics law, absolutely proven. It totally exists. One thing I wanted to bring up about uh, Goliath again. Apparently, Goliath was short for his kind. Yes. He was only about seven to eight feet tall, where other ones of his kind, like his ancestors, were more of the 12, 15 foot. He was like the last of his kind that, you know. He, now, there was. Not so much the run to the litter, but like the diluted genome. Because. After they'd interbred for too yeah, long. Yeah, after they've interbred. Well, not for too long, but with uh, more humans and stuff like that, it would eventually get thinned out. 
and it would just kind of get absorbed by our so genome, right? That, you just... that actually goes into one theory, which I came across. I had never heard of it before, but I ran across a book about it, and I read a little bit into it. I wasn't going to buy the book. Too, too difficult. Um, it's called the Genesis 6 Theory, and what it basically is saying is that the descendants of giants are living among us, the descendants of the Nephilim. Their bloodlines go all the way back to the Nephilim, and they are in collusion with Satan. Um, oh. To Their plan is to enslave mankind and install the Antichrist at the end of days, and they're working with Satan to do that. And um, apparently the Freemasons, the Templars, the Rosicurians, they all work together um, to teach a theology now that we're learning that is contrary to the Bible. They're trying to dilute, um, this is a, a very fundamental, some very offshoot fundamental Christian thought where all of these teachings that we get in school from science is actually a plan of these the Freemasons, the Rosicurians, whatever, to the try, yes, to try and take us away from the path of God. And it was just, I, I was reading about, but it really talks about how, yes, the descendants are are still among us, and but they look exactly like us. There just might be a genetic marker or something that might show different. And that would support the theory of the quote that uh, the scripture that was read when they talked about why angels would want to yes. um, procreate with humans because of the jealousy yeah. of um, that they were God's warriors and that God had created ch his children and they were jealous as the children had had his love and they did not. And, it, you know, <clears throat> and the theory talks a lot about that they have been working for generation upon generation to try and undermine under undermined man and try and get rid of humans and they are the descendants of the nephilim because the majority of them were wiped out during the flood but a few survived and were able to find people to breed with and they raise their children to believe this and it's just kept going down the line where they know this is their plan and what they are supposed to do and they work with satan and they're they're trying to absolutely destroy mankind and get rid of it because we don't deserve the world and there's no point like you know god should never have chosen us whatever but it is I, first when i came across this theory i thought pretty obscure no one's gonna believe it it is actually a very widespread theory that has a lot of people believing in it um it, it just really interests me and it's the genesis 6 theory that you know we have this secret group out there who's trying to bring us down um there is um on a separate note have you seen the uh the pentaveret on netflix with uh mike myers no it's hilarious it's a mockery of a illuminati uh -huh. type situation and there's all these council members there's five of them hmm. hence the pentaveret yeah. And uh, he plays all the members of the council except for one, mm -hmm. and they keep losing a guy. <laughs> so when they replace it one time, uh, I think the, at one point it's uh, Michael Keyes, but I don't think he's playing as himself. I can't remember. Either way, if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious, but yeah. The, you know... The Giants, I went on YouTube and I started watching some stuff and I was watching other stuff online and reading a bunch. Like, this is a massive rabbit hole and there is a lot out there. There's a lot of, like, yes, the science says they did not exist. We have no proof of them. This is just all total hoax, doesn't exist. But it's something that a lot of people believe in and there's a lot. There's There are some interesting, the one that really chilled me was... Andrew Dawson. And this one is one which, even when it's debunked, you still don't know what is going on. Yeah. And he captured footage of what was believed to be a giant on top of a mountain in Whistler. Oh, I think I've seen that. And then he posted a bunch of TikToks. Um, you know, he went trying to find out what it was. He didn't know what it was. Um, he went back there, couldn't see it again. 
And on one of the roads leading up to it, he was stopped by a government agent. Somebody told him to turn back, couldn't come near. Another time he saw helicopters flying something out of the area. He saw some weird thing in the sky and then wasn't heard from for a week. And then he posts a recant on TikTok that, no, no, this is all just fake. He just set it up. It's a hoax. It's no big deal. And when he did the recant, he did it where in a total different way than what he ever filmed before and where you often saw him looking off to the side as though he was looking to somebody at the side the interesting thing is he chose as his um thumbnail an image of him looking off to the side so was he trying to draw attention to it then a week later he comes back on he says no that was false i really i they, they made me say that they made me say that this is all true da 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 um and then he disappears for a little bit and then another week or two later within a month of his very first video where he showed the giant his obituary is found and so a lot of people have been debunking and they say like the area where he saw the giant when actually when you look at it there's a cell phone tower there and on the second video where you couldn't see it it was because he was at a different area where you couldn't see it he was on a slightly different angle where it was obscured by Um, the mound the helicopters that he saw going in and out well it's a logging area they're logging helicopters the agent on the road well the agent on the road says uh, roads close can you please just can you please hey bud can you just turn back buddy please what government agent tells you, hey, could you maybe just please turn back, bud? Thanks. That's not generally how they speak. Uh, and they don't generally dress in the clothes that this guy was in. And so there's a lot of question as to, was this a hoax set up or whatever? Um, the As for his death, though, that's what really people don't know. Is he actually dead? There's been no more posts from him. Uh, they've tracked down a family member, but she doesn't seem to mention anything about him dying. There's, it's one of those ones that even when it's debunked, it still leaves you thinking, no, something else was there. It was really creepy to watch and look over and, and go through it. Um, you know, yes, might've been a cell phone tower or whatever, but there just seemed like a lot going on there. And then the fact that he died, or at least if the guy faked his death, he did a darn good job Yeah, because there's been no... Hiding her tail of him since. Well, they also have this thing now where they uh, they have they'll post videos and they'll be like short little things, and they usually post them out of order. And then when they end up posting enough of them, you find out like it's got this whole backstory. And sometimes if you go and you visit a spot that's in that video, there'll be a clue to what happened yeah. in the video. I can't remember. It's got an acronym. It's like a a real life. Uh, mystery or, or something like that. Well, I know that. like there's the the a, the AR videos, the alternate reality videos. Maybe, maybe that's what it where, is. Where, you know, somebody will be walking through and showing like the one of the most popular ones is a guy who's like, there's nobody here in my town. There's no one here. It's all empty. And he spends many videos going over showing his empty city, completely empty. Yeah. And But, you know, it's just a, a reality game they're playing. Um, but the Andrew Dawson one was really... When you look at the video, it does look like a human giant. Like when you watch his videos, it does look so real. And I know they've debunked it, but even in their debunking, it still leaves you wondering, did this guy find something? And I I really hope he isn't dead. Yeah, Yeah. I really hope he isn't dead. I hope this was just something where he can tell his kids later, hey, daddy did this. Isn't this awesome? But, you know, I have no idea. All righty. Well... We could go on for a whole other part for this, but uh, I think we should probably move on to something else next week. So uh, if uh, you want to get on to a different topic, we'll see you next week. And uh, if not, we'll see you next week either way. Uh, Have a good night, guys, and uh, take her easy.